Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Toronto Maple Leafs. I am joined by Adam Selvig, Pension Plan Puppets. Adam, how are you? I'm good. It's good. It's finally. It's good to finally be talking to you. <laughs> we had a lot of technical difficulties, folks, because computers are stupid. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into things. So the Maple Leafs, I actually really like the Maple Leafs. They're a team I really enjoy watching. Um, if they are around in the playoffs and the Flyers are not, I will happily root for them to win games. Um, and so I was kind of you know, since the Maple Leafs have started to really put together a really impressive hockey team, have been hoping for big things from them in light of the fact that my actual favorite hockey team sucks. But Toronto last year was quite good in the regular season and then, of course, got bounced in the playoffs um, way too quickly. Um, and this season, you guys are right now 6-5-3, and three, which is not really better than the Flyers, who are 6-5-1. and one. Um Kind of generally, tell me why the Maple Leafs aren't absolutely crushing it. Well, the the popular phrase these days is starting on time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I have yeah, read honestly, that. Yeah, I, I don't really know why. I'm not sure they know why. Um, you know, on paper, everything seems to be where it should be. But I think part of it might be just in their heads, they think they're too good and they can't put it together on the ice. I mean, a lot of people point to Mike Babcock as the problem. Uh, as the coach, everyone's, you know, apparently has tuned him out is what, you know, people are saying. But I don't know. I it, think it's just they're too static. They keep just trying the same thing over and over again, and people have figured their play out. I'm glad you brought up Babcock, because obviously I want to talk a little bit about him. Um, it would appear to me that leaving a Detroit organization, which at the time was absolutely stacked with Hall of Famers and led to him winning a whole bunch of hockey games behind the bench, it would seem like Mike Babcock isn't that much more impressive an NHL coach than really any other NHL coach. Um, It's not like he's been reinventing anything in Toronto and somehow an extremely talented team is not winning a whole bunch of hockey games. How much of a leash do you think Kyle Dubas is going to give Mike Babcock? Is he going to be able to run out his contract with the team? Or do you think at some point in season, after season, he's going to get himself canned? I don't think it, barring some kind of major disaster in the standings by, uh, say, New Year's. Say the Leafs Mm -hmm. are, they pull a St. Louis, they're last in the league by January. Um, I don't think Mike Babcock would be fired anytime before the end of the playoff run. Okay. Um, this year, um, every, uh, there's been a lot of people talking about how Dubas wanted to fire Babcock last spring. That mm-hmm. popped up, but I haven't been able to figure out exactly where it started coming from. Um, so if we're looking at it that way, I think it's Shanahan who has the leash on Babcock more than Dubas. Okay. Um, but I think that's just as if he's president, they have so much money invested in Mike Babcock that it's kind of too early to, you know, pay him out to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there's going to be any decision made on him, it's going to come based on the full regular season standings and then playoff performance. If it's another first round exit, I really would have a hard time defending not 
canning him at this point with this roster. Yeah. You know, the hope was to do something big while Nylander, Marner, Matthews were on their entry-level deals, you know, Mm -hmm. to use up that cap space, but that never happened. And, you know, now we have three players, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, making $10 or more with Anderson up in two years, Riley up. Uh, I think Riley's the only defender we have signed past this year. So, I mean, this has to be the year to do it. And if not, there's going to have to be some kind of coaching change or or roster change or something because it doesn't seem like this group might be you know, might not click well enough. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, with the, the cap situation that you guys are in, there really is a a pretty narrow window for this team to succeed because you're going to have to figure out what to do with a lot of pretty good players um, once contracts start to come due. So I guess what you're saying is, like, this is the year, probably, that the Leafs are going to have to make a fair bit of noise in order for Mike Babcock to not be on an extremely hot seat. Yeah. I think for Babcock to stay, it's conference finals or bust. I think Okay, that, that to me, that's probably the bare minimum to keep him on, to have the players buy in. I mean, the one, you know, Babcock was leaving Detroit. All the talk was the players were sick of him. They were done with him. And, you know, uh, me being a very selfish fan, I, didn't pay any attention to the other teams. <laughs> All I knew right, was we were course. Mike Babcock and Buffalo wanted him and they didn't get him. And that was hilarious. So, yeah, I mean, everybody wanted him at the time. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, um, I think now we're, we're feeling a bit more of what Red Wings fans were feeling near yeah. the end of the year where he's not changing, he's not fixing, but you know, I think it was a very good hire at the start to get all these new players together. But you know, maybe that, that feeling of it has run its course, but you know, everyone's pointing to Sheldon Keefe as the replacement mm-hmm. for the Marley, the Marley's head coach. But um, you know, a lot of people I talk to are he's he's kind of the same guy. So oh, really? Uh, uh, yeah, kind well in a little bit of ways, but um, okay. so. But I think this year is the big year, conference finals. Yeah, that's my take. <laughs> that right, well. for him to keep his job. So sticking with the coaching staff a little bit, I have to ask you about our old pal, Dave Haxtell. Um, And I'm actually kind of glad that we were delayed a bit talking about this because a a quote came out today that's been kind of making its way around Twitter. Um, So obviously, in in case people don't know, Dave is running your defense and penalty kill, right? That's what he's in charge of. So there's a quote kind of going around. um, The crux of which is that Despite the fact that the Leafs penalty kill has not been great, somehow Dave is doing a good job with it. And this is actually like almost word for word something that uh, Ron Hextall said about the Flyers penalty kill when Dave Hextall was here. The quote, which is something that we still use as a joke um, in Flyers land, visually it's better. And I think the quote from Babcock was that it's the, the penalty kill is better than the numbers show. Um, how do you feel about the way Dave Haxtell has been impacting the team? Um, have you noticed any real impact? Is the penalty kill actually good, or is he ruining things up there, too? <laughs> well, this was this is a good the question, because I, I was the recapper for the Capitals game, where they spent mm-hmm. half the game on, on special teams. And... The penalty kill didn't look that bad. I think I was more worried about being scored on when the Leafs were on the power play than when they were on the penalty kill. 
Yikes. Uh, so I don't I don't know if that's just more about Hackstall or more about um, what's his name from Florida who took over the least power play. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I, again, like I guess they're not wrong. Visually, I didn't see anything horrible about the penalty kill, um, but I still have visions of the penalty kill against Boston in the playoffs stuck in my head with Zach Hyman with no knee taking the faceoffs. So, but it was hard to decide whether that was a Babcock thing or a DJ Smith issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but comparatively, I it like they're not wrong. It looks better to me. Uh, I haven't had a lot of um, uh, deci- like opinion, I guess, on how the Leafs have played okay. defensively, aside from individual players. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jake Muzzin has been clearly been our best defender. But I think that he's just showing off more flaws we have in Morgan Riley's defensive systems or or, or some of the forwards' defensive play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that needs to be improved upon, but it's not worse than last year, I guess is the best I can say. So, Cody Cece um, is being treated, it would seem, by the people in charge there, like a reliably good defenseman mm-hmm. and some of the folks that I've been talking to that kind of follow the Leafs pretty closely have been saying that guys like Tyson Berry aren't getting the usage they should probably be getting um, because of coaches favoring guys like Cody Cece. Um that's kind of been a bit of a running joke the CC stuff um, since he was signed and based on the like huge number of minutes that he's been getting um this season with you guys what is cody cc bad like honestly like is he bad or is that just kind of like a running joke and we're just missing something he's he's not a top pair that's for sure but that's it seems to be that's what they want him to be right um i you know at four and a half million Cody CC would probably fall into the bad category if we're taking contracts into account. Yeah. Um, but if he's a bottom three defender, I don't think he would be bad. You know, if he was paid mm-hmm. like a bottom three defender, I, I don't think I would be so angry about having him on the team. Um, I'm not angry as, as some are about having Cody CC on the team, but you know, um, he's not, I don't know. He's not what I expected uh, I didn't watch a lot of Senators last year, so mm-hmm. maybe that's why I, I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people I'm going on about, but he's not great. Uh, but then again, a lot of the Leafs defenders aren't great right now. So yeah, um, I think Cody Cece can do a good job uh, if he's not playing a lot of minutes, and I think he can be molded into a better defender than what we got out of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um that so he can prove that he has more value beyond just getting out of Nikita Zaitsev's contract. Um, so I, I think Cody CC has a good sense of the play. I think he's just maybe he's a bit slow. Um, so I, I'd use him sparingly against fast teams and use him more against uh, lesser teams. Like if we play the Kings, play CC all you want. I'm sure you can keep up with them. But if we're playing mm-hmm. someone like Tampa, I'd I'd rein him in. Okay, um, moving to the goaltending a little bit. Um, it looks like Anderson is not having a great start to the season. 
901 save percentage at the moment. Uh, do you think this team is going to be able to succeed without him being lights out? Or is he okay just being like a league average goaltender? I think the way this team can play best is if we can treat Anderson like the Leafs of the early 2000s treated Curtis Joseph. As in, mm-hmm. don't worry about anything but scoring because, you know, Cujo's back there. Um, Anderson has times when he can play like that, where he can be that guy. Um, but what we, you know, the joke is it's October, Freddie. You know, he's not great at starting the season, which I, I guess that's true this year. Um, but I think we definitely need him to be uh, playing at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Because of the defensive lapses, you know, we definitely need someone solid to back us up. Um, and I've, you know, I've always loved having Anderson as our goalie. He's, you know, he's a great guy off the ice. If you, you know, watching, well, we have a very dedicated fashion reporter, mm-hmm. uh, Annie, yeah, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> she keeps great. us all abreast of him. And, you know, well, that's kind of made me a bigger fan of his, <laughs> just watching him, you know, <laughs> dress better than the, the Prince of Denmark. Um but, you know, on the ice, I think he, he's, a, he's a very good goalie. Um, I think, you know, if he leaves us after two years, the Leafs are going to be in a real big pile of trouble without him because we have no one else in the system that could take his spot right now. Mm-hmm. Or I don't think we have someone that could take his spot in two years. Um, so, yeah, the Leafs need him to be a dominant goalie um, just because of the way they play. And they need him to pick up his game after October like he's done a few years. Um, I think another part of it is just deployment. You know, he doesn't need to play 60-plus games. He doesn't need to be the first goalie in on back-to-backs. Right. But again, again, that brings us back to coaching. Um, You know, the theory is win the first game, get the two points, and pray for the second. But I don't know. I think Anderson might do better on some of the second nights of back-to-backs to have someone stronger, more reliable in that while the team's a bit more tired up front. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's turn to tonight's game um, a little bit. So uh, there was some kind of speculation that Tavares might be back for this game. It looks like the Flyers have dodged that bullet. Um, And it also looks like Jake Muzzin is out of the lineup, which is also good for the Flyers. But, um, you know, you guys still have Austin Matthews and... Morgan or uh, Mitch Marner and William Nylander and Kasperi Kapanen, like you guys have, even without John Tavares, one of the, I would say, most frightening offenses in the league. Um, in your opinion, how do the Flyers hope to contain a guy like Austin Matthews, who's third in the league right now with goals, um, or Mitch Marner, who is flying around out there all the time? I think he's pretty high on the assists board right now. Not so much on goals, but what can the Flyers do to contain the offensive firepower that the Leafs have? You know, I'm going to say they won't have to do a lot because I'm a very <laughs> jaded person now this year. I realized trying to think of an answer to that question. Um, you know, you read off all those names and it's, yeah, we're really spoiled with forwards, but I think if, right, you, want yeah. to get by Austin, if you want to get by Austin Matthews, just get the puck behind him and take off behind him. And, and I mean, he's not great at getting back there. So I think if you just get behind him, you're fine. Um, but to just 
keep him from going from the forward. He likes to seems to be loving one timers this year. So just I guess create a scenario where you can get him tempted to just try and get one from up high and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it'll work. So keep him away from the net. Like keep Marner away from the net. If you just you know keep that keep the area just below the faceoff dots clear, I think your guys will be doing well. Um the Leafs can score from up high, but the majority of their work comes from below the face-off dots between that okay. and that. Okay. So I think if you can keep that clear, you're all set. So one of the, the newer things I've been asking people when I do these um, is trying to get kind of, kind of gauge what people outside of the Flyers bubble think of the Flyers. So when you're looking at the schedule – and you see that you've got a game coming up against the Flyers, coming off a tough overtime loss to the Capitals. Um, what's the thought in your head? Is Are you thinking like, oh, okay, cool, this is a good game that we can use to turn the ship around because the Flyers are terrible? Or is there like a respect for what the Flyers are doing? Kind of just like, generally, what do you think of when you think of the Philadelphia Flyers? Well, the first thing I think of is, all right, it's going to be a James Van Riemsdyk hat trick tonight. <laughs> always fell against the Leafs, uh, and then and then I just you know sit there and look at Twitter and think of what Gritty's going to do. Uh, that's all I think of when I think of Flyers, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but you know, I, I think they're, yeah, they're kind of in the same uh, rut as the Leafs right now. You know, they don't have a yeah. great schedule. They have forwards who can play. I took Jacob Voracek in my fantasy team this year, and I'm really regretting that. Um, yeah. But um, you know, they can do it. They're just not doing it. And it's just frustrating because you don't know why. So really, I, I looked at this game coming up and I had I, I have no idea what to expect other than the typical uh, least fan downer of JBR is going to do really well tonight against them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it, it's either going to be a surprising blowout for one of the teams mm-hmm. or it's just going to be one of those dragging games that's going to be three to two kind of settled in the second period and then well both fan bases will sit there watch the game and wonder what the hell is going on so give me obviously we've run through quite a few of the big names on the team and there are a lot of them um is there somebody who might be a bit under the radar for flyers fans that you think might be impactful in this game um I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to Toronto too much on Twitter, but Ily Mikheyev, I think, might be a surprise. I was wondering about him, yeah. Um, he's been having an exceptional year, I think, for what we heard of him coming into the season. I mean, a lot of people kind of turned on him when they found out Mike Babcock liked him a lot. <laughs> uh, but then he's shown himself to be uh, to be excellent on the ice. You know, he's, he's the kind of guy, I think, if he wasn't Russian, he'd be a fan favorite immediately with the general uh, Toronto population, just because of the way he plays. You know, he can he can score, he can play the body, he can he can do everything. Um, so right now he's a darling of Leafs Twitter, uh, but I think he's got to work harder to making himself out of the coach's corner kind of fan. Ah. But I think Mikhailov is is one of the guys to watch. Andreas Janssen um, can be a guy. To kind of do the same things, he's a he's a bit bigger of a guy, and he can score and he can get in there with everyone. So mm-hmm. I think those two might have a bigger impact while all eyes are on the top uh, four or five um, forwards out there. Okay. And with John Tavares down, he'll de- they'll both definitely have more time to uh, take up some of the spotlight. 
Nice. Um, besides JVR, um, any flyers you look forward to watching when the teams meet? Uh, I've always liked Travis Konecki. Konecki. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw I saw him and uh, Provorov at the CHL Top Prospects game. And I found oh, okay. Guys. So, um, you know, those two are always two flyers I like. I like to keep tabs on. I like to mm-hmm. like to check out. Um, and um, I hate to say it, but yeah, come on, Voracek. Yeah, I, I, I have to, <laughs> like to catch up on my league here. <laughs> I wouldn't hate it. Let me tell you. Um, we're kind of jokingly predicting a big game out of Oscar Lindblom because he was uh, very much not a favorite of Dave Haxtell. So we've decided mm. that Oscar Lindblom is going to have revenge in his heart and he's just going to come out and like get his first hat trick or something ridiculous like that. But He's got we'll that see. show you up game go coming up tonight. Yeah, right. Nice. Okay, so I know that you said that you have no idea how this game is going to end up. But the final thing that I ask everyone is for a prediction of what the score is going to be at the end of this game so throw something out there and tell me what you think is going to happen all right um think about how frustrated both fan bases are i think we'll have a 5-4 leafs win oh, uh, Lord. coming back from being down i'll say four to two in the third period uh but they win in the shootout that goes eight shooters long that sounds really stressful adam <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, I'm just thinking about our experiences this season. Like, yeah, yeah. both have to suffer through. The Flyers um, went to a shootout last night. I don't know if I could do another one two nights in a row. I might, I might die. Um, I, oh God, what's going to happen in this game? So there's a lot of things to think about here. Flyers defense has been not great over the last stretch of games. And they are starting Brian Elliott. Who wow. is he? Yeah, he, yeah, he's gonna be playing, and uh, he has a really great game in him every now and again, and then sometimes he does not. So it'll be interesting to see which version of Brian Elliott that we get. Um, that's gonna make a big difference, but I'm gonna say because I'm feeling good about things, the Flyers actually won a shootout last night, which is just. A very rare thing for us. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one flyers with an empty net goal. All right. Because Babcock goes nuts and just pulls a goalie. <laughs> See what'll happen? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Three one flyers. So we'll see what happens. But All either right. way, it should be it be a fun game, right? I, I think it'll be so. good. Um, everyone will be. Well, at least we'll have had three days off, so hopefully everyone's nice and rested and has been practicing and not yeah. too busy at Halloween parties, but we'll see. <laughs> We've seen some videos of the Flyers at Halloween parties, so uh, yeah, you know how these guys go. But All right, so we've got Leafs, 7 p.m., Hockey Night in Canada for us up here in Canada, and regular NBC Sports Philly for you guys at home. Um, yeah, this was great. Thank you, Adam, so much. I appreciate this. Hey, you're welcome. If we ever do it again, I will make sure to you know, remember <laughs> to do it. All right. So if you want to learn a little bit about the Leafs, head on over to Pension Plan Puppets. They're one of my favorite SB Nation hockey blogs. So head on over there. They do great work. Adam, thank you again. Go Flyers. Oh. <laughs> thank you. Go Leafs. <laughs>